0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Social Work Radio with me, your host, Vince Beard. Now, usually at this point, guys, I'll be saying once again and always, we are joined by our co-host, Tilly Baden, but we are not. We have instead got our co-host, Matt B. Matt, um, introduce yourself to the social work world. For our old listeners, they will have not heard you for a long time, but our newer listeners, they will not have heard from you at all. They may have read your pieces, but they won't have heard from you. So, um, what's your name and where do you come from? <laughs> Sorry. Yes, I'm
1: Matt, Matt be So I do write for Social Work News. So I've got a regular column there. I'm new to this podcast, but obviously previously did podcast with you in a previous. Uh, in the life. podcast
0: bit will not be named. <laughs> so <laughs> no, we'll keep that one. No, keep that one quiet. But we're all trying to move on, aren't we? <laughs> trying to try of it. a bit, but when I get just as I get out, it pulls me back in.
1: <laughs> we it? used to do that podcast. It's really nice to be able to come back and do this. I've been waiting forever. Because when it got, it's been a year, hasn't it? We've done, you've done this podcast. Yeah, it
0: was, a, it was a year, two weeks ago. Our anniversary was two weeks ago. Yeah, so I, you know, I've been waiting by my phone for a year or so. Think. You've had the call. Well done. <laughs> here I am. Your patience has paid off. So um, you called. I'm here and ready to do a podcast. Tell me a bit about yourself though, as well as obviously, um, you've been a podcaster with me before, you've done uh, blogging before, but tell everyone about your career. How long have you been a social worker? Imagine it's, uh, it's like mastermind. summer. So tell them your name and where you come from. <laughs> <laughs> so um,
1: in terms of a professional career and what I've been doing, so qualified 2007 in social work, did 10 years of strategy social work in adult services. I did a kind of a tour of adult social services so I did um older people services learned disabilities lots of forensic mental health can continuing healthcare teams and then um got into writing about social work at that time for quite a few different publications we've talked about this elsewhere but then wrote some things that didn't go down too well with a director at a place that i worked um so i left there and did a bit of agency work and then Went into the, into addiction, so um, as in went to working in addiction. So I spent five years in that field. I'm glad you clarified <laughs> yeah. that. I realized when it's I said a case. That. So I went into addiction. Grand revelation here. I started. Uh, so yeah, I, I I went and became a recovery worker, which is an unusual step for a social worker.
0: Yeah, it's usually the way around. Most people most people will generally start off in support roles and then get the qualification, and go into social work. You went the other way. Well, I passed through that support role
1: really quickly when I was qualifying as a social worker. I did a placement in a homeless charity and then went into a drugs charity for three or four months from that. And I really, really enjoyed it. And then I, and then when I qualified, everyone said, go, go, go do statutory work.
0: Yeah, because that's the career.
1: Because that's what you yeah, need to do. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's what that's I did. And when I had my little disagreement with this director and had to uh, sort of I had a little bit of time out. I had six months off to write a book, actually. I forgot to mention that, which you can't buy because it's not <laughs> published because nobody wants it. But I did do that. That gave me some time to reflect and think, what would I like to do? Yeah. And I really wanted to go back and do that again.
0: So how do you find the change? Into uh, the charity sector. Mm, into what mo- most people would say away from frontline social work. That's the term most people use. Not the term, how do you use, but it's the term. Or do you use that term yourself? What do you say?
1: not really no i mean i um i would say I use a lot of social work skills in my role now but it's not a social work role in terms of people could do it without a social work qualification and in terms of moving away from that field into this i'd say for me it's the right thing yeah yeah um it's much more much less pressure which is good um and if you've already done like 10 years of statutory work I, didn't feel, I felt like I'd be doing the same thing over and over and over again. I want to do something different.
0: Yeah, yeah, it can become quite samey. If you, if you, if you don't want to progress up the corporate ladder, and if you don't want to move into different areas, social work can become same.
1: Well, I mean, I've written about this in the magazine, so I look like a manager. I look like I should be a manager, but I really don't want to be a How manager. How does a manager
0: look like? What does a manager look like?
1: Well, a man, as we're going to talk about today. So very very fair point you know and um wherever i've worked in strategy service i felt that kind of always been coached and ready to go yeah. into management and yeah, I, yeah. I never wanted to do that yeah. um i always just like working with people but you yeah. know you run out of room in adult services particularly if all you want to do is work with people but you want to keep progressing so that's how i've ended up here doing something slightly different but still able to use all my social work skills
0: Similar to me, that's why um, I went to independent social work and writing because the people that I qualified with are now service managers, yeah, senior management, independent reviewing officers, you know. Um, and it, it became increasingly obvious to me that I was having more and more experience and more knowledge than people that were managing me. When it got to a point when I had five years more experience than my service manager. I thought it was maybe time to step out of that because it was getting people were questioning why. And it was, and, and my answer didn't seem to satisfy people. My answer was because I don't want to do that. I enjoy working with people, but that some people don't get that a lot of the time. People just want to progress, don't they? It was yeah. like my, my answer wasn't said. I thought I was lying. Like, well, there must be a reason. I was like, no, I just, I'd like doing what I do.
1: No, I, I remember when I worked in mental health services, I got to a point where um, I did my career review with my supervisor, and she was like, well, you need to now become a best interest assessor. Mm-hmm. So in yeah, or an approved mental health practitioner, you need to choose one <clears> and do that. And I didn't really want to do either of those things.
0: Yeah.
1: And I said, well, I'd like to do more therapeutic work with people. And it was just,
0: well, no. We missed that, don't we? we that specialism because if we were in counselling, let's say we were in, we in counselling, we, or um some sort of consult with the nhs we could spec specialize and get more niche and better at our jobs and go up the pay grade that way so uh, in a case of say case holding what should be happening is well okay you can specialize we'll pay you more we'll train you more but you can have a specialized cases so you can have maybe a lower case a little bit trickier we don't do that in social work it's very yeah. it's very linear no and uh, in
1: particular in older people services where I worked a fair bit, it was there was no call for that. There was no desire nice. for you to do that. It was very much, it was like a conveyor belt of cases. Just get the case, do an assessment, reduce the harm, move on, and and keep r- just recycling that. You know, and it was. I get you kind of earn your stripes and you have to do that, but mm-hmm. then what do you do after it? And I would really like to do that specialist kind
0: of work. I think in America maybe they do it differently. Yeah, yeah. well, you you become you can. You can pivot social work and a lot more specialisms in America. You can become a, a counselor through it. You can do various different things that you can't do here. Um, Matt, you're a man. Yes. You are a man. You're a father. Yeah. Male. I don't like the way you just said that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why? It was slightly seductive. <laughs> was... I'm a man, yes. <laughs> Just, just move on. How, the was it way How was
0: seductive? was it seductive?
1: Just you, the way you caught my eye and just sort of, <laughs> yeah. This is why I've had a year, a year away from doing podcasting with you to recover from the last stint. It hasn't, I haven't changed. No, you haven't. <laughs> Still the same. Still doing the same. Man, stop. just stop it and maybe don't look at me in the eye when you say it. Just, just yes, man, a man. You're doing it again. You're a man. Yep. We've established (laughs) I'm a man. (laughs) What's the next bit? I'm
0: trying to help you get to the next bit of this then. Me and you were men. Yes. We are just two men. Mm -hmm. Just everyday fellas. Couple of books. Tilly warned me about this. (laughs) Tilly's a woman. A woman. Um, You're a man. Mm -hmm. And you're a social worker. Yep. Do we need more men in social work? But before we get on to that, I'm going to talk about gender for a little bit. Um, listeners, viewers, Matt, we are going to be talking about sex and gender today. Now, um, this can be a sensitive topic. Obviously, it can be a sensitive topic. What me and Matt be talking about, which is essentially men in social work, and do we need more of them, is a difficult topic at times. We'll do our best to tackle it. Um, but in terms of sex and gender, we understand there's a lot of oppression. There's a lot of offense, um, if comments out there. There's a lot of misunderstandings. So we're going to do our best to um, stick with the definitions of what the WHO, the World Health Organization, define on these subjects. I'm just going to read this out to be very clear. The World Health Organization defines sex as the different biological and physiological characteristics of males and females, such as reproductive organs, chromosomes, hormones, etc. They define gender as the socially constructive characteristics of women and men such as norms, roles, and relationships, often between groups of women and men. It varies from society to society and can be changed. The concept of gender includes five important elements. They are relational, hierarchical, historical, contextual, and institutional. While most people are born either male or female, they are taught appropriate norms and behaviors, including how they should interact with others, of the same and opposite sex within households, communities, and workplaces. When individuals or groups do not fit established gender norms, they often face stigma, discriminatory practices, or social exclusion, all of which adversely affect health. So reading out at the start, is to be very, very clear about what we understand and the sort of guidance that we're going with as social workers. We tend to follow, generally in England, it's nice guidelines on our World Health Organization. So we'll do our best, guys. If we do misspeak or say anything out of turn, it's certainly not in order to be offensive towards anyone. It may just be us not understanding the situation and the concepts as well as we should. We're always open to feedback and always open to learning on that one. So Matt, um, Men in social work, we're tackling this one because it comes up time and time again. The concept of men in social work, are there too many men in management? Are there not enough men in social work? Do we need more? Do we not need more men in social work? It comes up time and time again. So I'm going to start off with Matt. What's your experience of being a male social worker? Firstly, tell me about what it was like being a man in your social work degree and how have you generally felt your gender impacted on you during the course of your 17-year social work career? I was thinking
1: about this. On my degree, I think there were about fifty to sixty of us on that intake um, in total. So, how many men? About five.
0: 10 percent, which is reflective of the profession in general.
1: Yeah, I was trying to think, it. there's about five of us, and yeah. in and, and within that group, then you kind of settle into your little yeah, yeah, subgroups, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't you? So, I was I hung around with maybe five or six others, and yeah. I was the only man in that group. But in terms of how it impacted, I was thinking about this. Thought I don't think. I honestly don't know if you flooded that room with more men, what difference it would have made in terms of my learning experience or anything else like I don't think it would have made a huge difference and yeah, from that into my career, it's quite interesting because when i when I first started an older people's team, um I think it positively it was positive discrimination you'd call it I was very quickly accelerated upwards like, like I say towards management yeah. Um, my manager was a man, his manager was a man, the director was a man. Yeah. Um, I was the first to get the biggest pay rises or, you know, so it kind of with the retrospect, you, you know, you thought, <laughs> you thought I'm doing a good job, so I'm getting a pay rise, but then you think, hang on, but some of my colleagues yeah, are doing a really yeah, good job yeah. and they didn't partly that was because I asked for it and they did, not but maybe I asked for it
0: because men are more likely to ask for pay rises. Um, yes, uh, you know, the 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 science would say that uh, males in general are more assertive.
1: Yeah. But um no, I don't know. I, I, I was talking about this before, like before we started recording. I think I might be anti man
0: because I don't know what I don't know. No, tell us about tell what does anti man mean? Hey, what tell us about an, the anti man? I just man. think being a man is overrated. Like and so who, I, right, <laughs> right, let's think it's back instead. <laughs> right. So if it's overrated, um what what do people think being a man is? How well, good do people think it of is a, Well,
1: first of all, it's overrated because if you look at almost anything, like heads of organisations yeah. or sports mm-hmm. or anything that's... Or politics, it's dominated by men, mm-hmm. which would make you think men must be really good at these things. Particularly if you look at politics, it turns out men aren't very good at a lot of these things. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's just that kind of thing where... And then you look at the values of what you think, okay, why why would men be good about these things? You know, male values would be about often... And again, I'll just say so what I think about it, would be yeah. about being strong and decisive and leadership and all this kind of stuff. And you actually think that's probably not very helpful a lot of the time. Like a lot of the time, it'd be good if people were less vocal or less kind of assertive and less strong and more listening and compassionate and actually um, taking their leadership from people around them um, would probably be a better stance to take. So I don't think like... Yeah, I don't know. Like when you look at um, what you'd I guess traditionally call more kind of female attributes of, of empathy and kind and caring, and that's why you see in careers like social work, teaching, nursing, you do have a more fe- female orientated. Um, I don't like the expression. Like you, you, when you look like that, I think I'm going down a bad route here. But I, it's, know, I had a thought. I had a thought. We'll come back to that. But <laughs> say the first one I've had. <laughs> say. But but those kind of qualities aren't necessarily attached to men. It's not seen as like, oh, you know, being empathetic and be yeah. kind and be caring is, is. is. I was thinking about this when we were putting this together. Like, how do you advertise? How do you recruit men? And if you look at like um, adverts for the one that came to mind was the Royal Navy, if you've seen that, there's a guy, a young lad, and he's working out in a gym and it's sort of. These, he, he, he gets more kind of fit and capable and he decides yeah, he needs yeah, to move yeah. on. So he becomes, he joins the Royal Navy. And this tagline is like, I was born in Carlisle, but I was made in the Royal Navy. And it's all about Quite yeah, 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 macho yeah, kind yeah, of image. Yeah, yeah, and I thought yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you couldn't do I was
0: born it. in Carlisle. I wasn't made in the Navy. No, well,
1: <laughs> but you can't do that with social work, with men particularly. You can't, like, you, it would be a really hard sell to get. I was born in Rotherham. I was made But in, I was made in Kirklees. <laughs> It doesn't (laughs) fly, does it? And trying to sort of sell that to men to go, do you know what? Being empathetic is a real big attribute.
0: Like, it doesn't. It it doesn't. I I, I do get where you come from. Let's take it back a step, though, to the anti men stance. Um, You give some examples there of, you know, male dominated industry, footballers and politicians. How many people are footballers and how many people? You're talking about, a, you're not only talking about, you're talking about a very small, minute percentage of society who happen to be a very small, minute percentage of men. The, the examples you're holding up there, I think uh, are relevant to the vast majority of men on this earth, whereas you go on the flip side, men are far more likely to be in prison, far more likely to be homeless, far more likely to take their lives by suicide, far more likely to have drug and alcohol issues, far more likely to have untreated mental health issues. They die earlier, far more likely to be killed in the workplace, far less likely to have custody of children following a, a, a divorce, far less likely to keep the home following a divorce. There are. To suggest, I think, throw out there that being a man's overrated and and to to hold up examples of politicians who are a tiny subset of society and a tiny percentage of men and a tiny percentage of society already. There may be other examples you can give, but to hold those up as examples given men as a whole suffer in many areas that women don't disproportionately is that not a bit unfair no, even for an anti man is that not a bit unfair no as an anti man I'll come back at this <laughs> right but where's the med- where is the
1: media attention it's not on you know all those downsides yeah. of being a man and all the you know they do they they are more likely to be in all those positions you talked about yeah. But that's not what you see in the media. You know, you only have a number of politicians and a number of football stars, but that's where all the coverage is. And that's when you talk to young children and talk about aspirations. It's that kind of thing that they're aiming for. You know, they're, they're aspiring to be footballers or, mm-hmm. or leaders. And, and those kind of attributes, the positive things or things that are portrayed as positive, for, for instance, being in charge, being in control, that's a male kind of thing. That's the, that's also the seeds of a lot of difficulties that come with that, Mm. if you look at abusive relationships. But again, it's all about how do we portray masculinity and what do we think is good about being a man, and often without really challenging it. And I think a lot of the things we
0: perceive as good aren't actually that helpful. And this, this is where I would disagree with you because I think I think the absence of masculinity from many young men's lives and many young women's lives is creating significant issues. Yes, I, I, what I what I worry about is the conflation of this idea of toxic masculinity with masculinity. We have this notion of tos- toxic masculinity, and because of that, we've tied in masculinity with it. Well, for me, being masculine is being there for your children, providing looking after people. Now, those can be feminine traits as well. Of course they can. But I think we have this, we've combined, we've, we've done a toxic combination, ironically enough, of this idea of toxic masculinity and masculinity because it is a fact that children that grow up with a male and female role model are generally more well-rounded, they do better, they achieve more, they're less likely to be involved in criminality, less likely to be involved in gangs, less likely to be involved in drugs, because they've got that, you know, that natural two role models, that, that, that polarization of role models in their life. So I think I, I agree with what you say, you know, talk a bit but what is toxic masculinity? It, it, it toxic masculinity is that 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 is just as against masculinity as non masculinity is well, uh, against femininity? Is it not? No, I think if if that masculinity you are talking about yeah. there was the
1: predominant thing that people thought about when they thought about being a man, then you would get young younger men and boys growing up and deciding I want to go into careers like social work because that's what being a man is. It's about being responsible in that way and taking that lead and being caring and compassionate to other people. And actually what we find is that men don't tend to apply for these positions because men are too busy thinking they need to build a skyscraper or, I don't know, do whatever else men, are are, Mm. those industries that men, police, armed forces, these kind of things, where you go, actually, that's where men go to.
0: But is that masculinity or is that societal trait? Is it masculinity that drives men into those careers and away from social work or is it society?
1: I'm glad I took some paracetamol before we started recording this. It's getting quite deep, isn't it? But it's those perceptions of who I am and what I should be. Mm. And that starts from a very young age. And that kind of shapes your life and the decisions that you make. And I think young men
0: don't necessarily look at social work as a career for
1: men. No, 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 they don't.
0: And well, we're we're going to get onto that later in the podcast, actually. Um, My experience of being a man on my degree then, there were four men on my degree. One William, I'm still there. one William, yeah. One called William. Four. There was four men and one William. <laughs> there was four men. One of whom uh, was me, the other of whom um, was William. I still got on really close with to him today. We're really good friends. Another Ashley, and then I forget the name of the th- uh, fourth man. And uh, yeah, there was four of us on a cohort of around 60. Um, we stood out. You, you, you stand out as a man um, on a social work degree. Did it serve me for good or bad? I'm not really sure. I, I can't really say either way. In terms of my social work career, I have often been the only man in my team, often. I've been in 10 different social work teams. I have had two male managers out of 10. I, In all but two of those teams, I've been the only male social worker. So there's been two teams where I've had a male manager, but no other male social workers. Two teams where I've had a female manager um, with one other male social worker. For the vast majority I've been managed by women and I have been the only male in that team. Um, how has it affected me? I have often been asked to go on visits, dangerous visits because I'm a man, because my presence will help. Actually, that's the point.
1: Why does that happen?
0: Because I worked in
1: forensics for five years and we had, whenever we had a really, all the risk markers, violent person has committed or.
0: Exactly. You'd just be
1: male worker and you'd go, what am I going to do? So this
0: is another example. This is another example of what I was saying, you know, about men get, you know, the statistics I was giving you earlier, you know, men are monarchy in the workplace. Probably for that reason, but this is
1: what I'm saying. Being
0: a man is overhyped. They kind of look exactly. Yeah, I think we've agreed now. (laughs) I think we've agreed. Um, But look, in general, it may be that my gender has massively positively impacted on me. But you know what it's like. You have the benefit if you have the benefit of not being affected by stuff and not sensing oppression. It's usually because you're the recipient of positive discrimination. But. It, it's always been okay. It's never been a problem for me. It's, it's quite often been highlighted, or you know, you're the only man or like I say, situations like that. Oh, we've been out with the girls again today, things like that. But it's it's ne- it's never it's never been a negative on me. Um let's talk about our clients though. Do some of our clients need or work better with people of a certain gender or who identify with a certain gender? Are there certain clients you've had that need a male social worker or need a female social worker this is where i think it's going to get interesting because you're
1: obviously coming from a perspective of working in children's services yeah, yeah. and i suspect this is different in children's services to adult services mm-hmm. so in adult services i don't think most of the type made a huge difference yeah because i'm particularly you know if i'm if i'm doing an assessment and commissioning care I'm not forging a really close relationship with someone. It's not based on the relationship, is it? No, yeah, it's a fair point. And that's so it doesn't really. I mean, the only time that maybe where I work now is in addiction services. I do build these relationships up, and the interesting thing is, quite often, I will do an assessment with someone who will say, "Actually, I prefer a female worker at the beginning of the assessment Mm. because they've disclosed histories that that, you know I just would be generally females, and I'd prefer a female worker." But after an hour of doing an assessment, by the end, they actually change their answer and say, charmed them." Well, it's just your masculine it's, energy, it's just, your manly energy. You've charmed them. No, because because well, let's not say <laughs> so it's not about. So I guess it's that kind of thing of again having this preconceived idea of what a man is, and then meeting yeah. me, <laughs> and realizing no, he's not threatening um, or any of those things, but someone that you can sit and chat to. Yeah. Hopefully, after an hour of that, will change. But but broadly, to go back to what you are talking about, I think it is different in children's services to adult services probably. I imagine in children's services there's a real strength to having yeah. a
0: male because the nature of the work is fundamentally quite different. 100%. Um, I find that a male social worker can really help engage with fathers, particularly, um, I mean, when I've worked with fathers of a certain faith and a certain culture, they really will struggle to talk with uh, females at all. At all. Um, equally, at the same time, certain faiths in certain cultures, um, women will not, will not be allowed to speak to a man. It's horrible. But that's, that's, that's the facts of the matter. Um, children, particularly teenage boys, i found respond better to men at times. I uh, particularly found that when I worked for Bernardo's as a young parents worker. Um, that, that helped. But... I, I do think it can be better for certain clients and I think that if it's possible and if it's going to help that client make a breakthrough and it's going to help the assessment process, it's going to help embed interventions, I really do think it's a good thing. Um, Come back to what you said earlier then, Matt, a couple of questions I want to come back and return to. Firstly, do you think social work is safer for men than it is for women because we speak about men being put on those difficult cases and having to go out and see the most high-risk clients we work with do you think because obviously you know women are more often subject to you know violent uh, offenses in terms of domestic abuse and so on more often subject to sexual offenses Given the nature of the people we work with you know we work with a lot of domestically abusive men who tend to target women a lot of sexually abusive men who tend to target women and children do you think social work is safer for women or men in general or do you not see any real difference well i think it's going to change on case by case but the predominant thing that makes it
1: safer or not is probably how well you're working within the safe practices mm-hmm. and we all know what it's like if you're rushed and trying to do a far too much work in too little time it's easy to cut a corner and decide. I won't, you know, I'll do this loan visit even though you know feeling exactly and we've all been there. Yeah. And those are the kind of decisions that will lead more likely to someone getting hurt. And that's that's really based Some on sloppy thinking, really. Yeah, but with a with a but not because the person's sloppy by nature necessarily. It's more because I'm just trying to pack too much in, okay. and I can't get everything done. So self-sacrificing yeah, for the so, system. and I've been there. I've done home visits where I probably shouldn't have done it because mm. I thought it would just save a lot of time if I just nip around and check on them. You know, and that is because it's a poor decision
0: yeah.
1: made because of often a toxic working environment. I don't think it's usually down to male or female factors. I mean, I kind of think that there will be certain situations and cases where that does apply, though. So. In domestic abuse, for instance, men can have that attitude of actually they're superior to women and a female worker would potentially be more prone to them trying to be aggressive as a way of controlling them.
0: Yes, I've noticed that a lot. I've noticed that a hell of a lot there. (laughs) I've known of male clients who've been very, very difficult with women social workers. When I've gone out, they haven't tried that same on with me.
1: Yeah. And I've, I've had those same men try and collude
0: with me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, almost as if like, oh well, we're on the same team, mate. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, you know, what women are like. Yes. Kind of thing. You get that, and you, I've, I've almost had disclosures coming that way. I yeah. almost had disclosures. Oh, well, you know what it's like, mate. She was doing this stuff, give you a hit, and I'm like, no, I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like to hit your partner or hit your kids. Yeah. I don't know what it's like, but yeah, you do. You almost get that kind of. Oh, well, you're a man, so you're on my side. Yeah, strange, and that's it. And one of the things, really interesting things, in fact, like the role I do now is, is, is
1: create training and, and research that. And one of the courses that I, that I researched and delivered was around perpetrators of domestic abuse mm-hmm. and how to actually connect with them and challenge them. And often it, it is around that kind of it's not just admissions of violence. Often it's, it's not violence, it's coercive control yeah. and identifying that. But it's the behaviors and the attitudes and the statements that they make yes. that are quite toxic and being able to call them out on that. And that's where I think a male worker can be quite useful to be able to sort of reflect that back and say, actually, this isn't what yeah, yeah. That your view You, you for think it.
0: this is norm, but it's not my experience. Yeah. Um, let's come back to the other thing you said as well. Then the stigma we spoke earlier, as we were talking at the start of this section about um, stigma regarding, you know, mentioned going to jobs like building skyscrapers and the army and so on. Do you think in the modern age, in you know 2023, that there is still a stigma attached to men entering a caring profession? Do you think it's still there even if it isn't there as much? Or do you think it's gone? Do you think it's decreased? Do you think it's gone up? General, what are your views on any stigma that you think may be attached to men entering health and social care, particularly social care, given that's our field? It, it, well, so, so we talk about what a stigma would actually be. No, but so. do, you, do you think there is a stigma? Yeah, do you yeah. think there is a stigma to being a male social worker? And what do you think that stigma is? Well, I think there's there's certainly some
1: kind of reason that, if, for instance, I mean, I know I'm going back I and mean, we're talking about present day and I'm going to go back a bit here. But every, all, all, the, all the people I grew up with, not, I'm the only man, man who became a social worker. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. And there's got to be a reason for that. And I think that is about what does it say about you as a man becoming a social worker? There must be something in some level that doesn't,
0: doesn't mean that's attractive to a man. But then again, there might only be one of your mates that joined the army. There might only be one of your mates that became an astrophysicist. And social work isn't a large career. There's only 100,000 of us in the UK. There's not, there's not, the yeah, social but- work isn't a prolific career. How many, how many women that you grew up did, did became social workers? Yeah, that's a fair point. But how many... It's, it's not a big career. Us being amongst it can get the... improbable well, out. loads of social workers. Yeah, because I am one. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's not... Do you, right were you ever bullied or picked on if your mates ever laughed at you for becoming a social worker? No. So that's, what, that's for me, that I, that hasn't happened to me. Do you know and I mean? I've got you know, mates that are like bodybuilders and I go to the football with that like hooligans and stuff like this. I have never in my 11 years as a social worker Ever experienced any stigma by me and a man? No one's questioned my sexuality, no one's questioned my masculinity, no one's quite well. I was about to say, no one's questioned my sanity. Plenty of people question my sanity for deciding to be a social worker. But I, I personally have never experienced any stigma whatsoever. I think maybe it was there, but I think it's an outdated trope. I've never known it. I don't know, because like you make a really good point.
1: Like, there's not many people going to be social worker, and I actually think probably a, a lot of the reason why maybe. Men don't want to be social workers the same way other people don't want to be social workers. Which is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not the most attractive profession from the outside, <laughs> exactly. is it? Exactly. A lot of people will go, Why would, I mean, when you tell people you're a social worker, lots of people will go, I don't, I couldn't do that. And that's that yeah, but they don't say I
0: couldn't do that because I'm a man. They just go, I couldn't do it.
1: No, but at the same time, there's lots of things people do behave in similar ways. So men do do things similar, like tend not to buy pink cars, for instance, would be a really good point of going, actually, men. If you put a pink car on for sale,
0: mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's not you know a woman's probably going to buy it exactly yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. because, and it's because of what that says, which is men don't want to be attached to this idea of I'm driving a girly car. But is, but do you, is social work a girly profession then? Well, it's female dominated, isn't it? Yeah. So, and and this is one of the things like when I um, worked in a hospital, for instance, everyone thought I was a doctor, mm. but,
0: you know, just because. It's not a... It, that it's not just a human mentality of jumping to conclusions, though. Yeah, it is.
1: But that's what stigma is, isn't yeah. it? It's about making assumptions on, on based on certain
0: things. So social work is a... negative, I would say, and this stigma is a negative assumption, not a positive assumption. Yeah. If you was, if It, it would be negative if you were with a female uh, who was your manager and people assumed you were the manager and that's negative. But seeing you... Uh, as a male in then assuming you were a doctor, is that stigma? It's a positive stigma. I, suppose. I ran with it. I was like, yes I'm a doctor. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it was just nice to have the prestige for a moment of yes, you know, I'm in charge. There's that male thing again. Yeah. Um yeah. but yeah I know I think there is I, there must be something. There must be some reason why we don't have many males in
0: social. Well let's work. get on to this. You know, men make up between depending on what figures you look at Across the world, men make up between ten to twenty percent of the social work workforce. In the UK, I think you're looking at about fourteen percent with the last figures. But across the world, it's anywhere between ten to twenty percent. Does this number need fixing, or are we okay with it? It is a low percentage, but is that a problem? What do you? this is my anti-man thing coming out, though. But what do you think
1: men are going to bring to the work? I can see in the children's section that yes, there's definite role there in terms of being a positive male role model for the children and young people that you're working with and also fathers. In the adult sector, what's the difference? What's the man going to bring? And is,
0: so we have run various articles on this topic. Um, back in March 2022, Maisie McDonald wrote a piece. Uh, we don't need more men in social work. We need more anyone. Essentially, her argument was, yeah, it'd be good to have more men in for social work, but we need more anyone. Oh, two years ago, September 2021, we had an opinion column with myself, Tilly Baden, and Katie, I don't know, I've called Tilly Baden there, I just, I just said Tilly, Tilly Badan, and Katie Rose Evans, a former columnist, and uh, Tilly was basically like, we need more anyone, Katie was, just, we just need more good people. Um, I said yes, because it was nice not to be the only man in the office, and professionally, yes, because we do lack diversity. And then our columnist, Millie Glass, wrote a piece June, 2021, I want more men in social work. Some of my clients need them. And she essentially posited the argument that we need more men, not for us, but for the clients we support. But I don't know, it would be nice. I think sometimes our clients need it, but for me, There are many, many, many problems we need to fix before this. That would be my position. What do you think, Matt? Or do you you even see this as a problem?
1: Yeah, I think it's a problem, but not a big one Hmm. compared to the other things we have to deal with. Exactly. So I'm not losing sleep over it, and I don't imagine too many people are. I think if people aren't applying for jobs with social work, it's not on the base agenda a great deal. I think it's more about what the state of social work is. And I think if we do need more men, I think we should maybe demote some from
0: management positions. Tell me about this, because you've been doing your research. I have, you've been sure off about your research pre-show. So tell me about your research, Matt. I have actually done some genuine research. So
1: at uh, management or senior, what have I got written down here? Board members and senior managers, so 61% of them are male. That's in social work? In social work. Wow. And that, wow. But that's, that's from something that was published about five years ago. But it's I think it's somewhere. probably... The, I haven't noticed any no. difference in the past five years of you. No, not at all. And, and, that's, and I think that is the problem I'd be more yes. concerned about. And I think actually it's part of a bigger issue, which is social work in the last 20 years has, has kind of become more business-oriented. And, and that business sector is dominated by men. And we've kind of yes. taken that and applied it to social work. And now we've got kind of business leaders and business models and businesses and business that. And lots of men in suits who are calling <laughs> the shots about these things. And Fair quite point. frankly, I don't think they do a very good job. So I would, and I'm not having a go at them individually. I think they're part of a culture and a part of um,
0: a way of working that doesn't really fit social work. So but it has been, it, it is. you say it doesn't fit, but it is getting forced on us.
1: Yes, and that's but that's the problem I would be more keen to fix, and I For think course, in fixing yeah. that you will fix some of the other issues we've identified here. Um, and, and I think you know we can't shy away from the fact that although there's not a lot of men at front lines, there's plenty in boardrooms. Yes, um, which again I don't
0: think is a is a fair reflection on on how we should be running things. But um, it happened to you. You were pushed quicker because you're a man. Yeah, if people, you, yeah, you, but you got off that ride. If people don't get off that ride, they just get pushed to the top, do they not? Uh, they
1: do, do yeah, you? yeah. But it's not. It's not to say that that's the way it should be. And it's not even to say... I mean, the evidence, I would say, would suggest it doesn't really... The evidence isn't in the results to say they're doing a great job around it, you know. No, no.
0: Yeah, let's get this right. <laughs> evidently, look at the state of social work, evidently yeah. it's not working. So I would say it's learn from that and say this isn't no,
1: probably no, the best no, approach no, 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 no. to be taken. I'd rather have... Um, I mean, I'll give you an example. This isn't in the research, but I'm remembering this from something I read elsewhere. Leadership based on some of those more feminine qualities of, of care and compassion and listening actually tends to work better. And they actually did some interesting work around um, leadership of banks in Iceland. You know in Iceland, after this big financial yes,
0: crisis. Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. I think they had five banks all went under and I think two survived. If I remember this correctly, the two that survived were led by females and all the ones led by men. I bet
0: they were taking less risks. Yes. They weren't overcommitted. That's, that's A bit more they're... conservative, a bit more fiscal responsibility. Exactly.
1: Because it wasn't about that much, I yes. think, of outdoing each other and trying to compete and trying to get the biggest risk with the maximum reward. They said, actually, this isn't a very good way to run a business. And it's much better steady. to take that steady approach. And I think there's a lot of female attributes that bears out a lot of what I think I'm trying to say, which is those attributes would be better at the top of organizations and would probably have a lot more sensible leadership on that basis rather than that big image. I hate, I hate, I'm going a bit off topic here, but I hate that leadership cult we have now, the big leader, the big senior management team, the big direction, like we'll,
0: no, just listen. Businesses that are driven by force of personality are against that. Absolutely. Just you don't like-, like Elon Musk. No, <laughs> so, it like it is. Well, no, actually, no. That's a different thing. I've got
1: something. I've got. Yeah, we could be there forever talking about Elon Musk, but I think that kind of culture of "I will lead, you will follow" that kind of thing is is not working. And I think good leadership is about listening and understanding and trying to resolve problems from the point of view of the people experiencing the problems. Yeah, and I think that's often what you see or see within more feminine qualities rather than that masculinity of the big leader. Vladimir Putin on a horseback,
0: bear. You know, without that's that's what we that's what we don't want. You don't, you, don't, you don't want me just on a. I'm the leader of social. You don't want me just wrestling a bear. Exactly, overrated. So we don't want. We to haven't go tried there. it yet. Let's <laughs> go for it. There's a reason we haven't. Let's not go. You know, that's exactly what we. That innovation. Direction. It's innovation. No, so I would I would follow that per I'd go on a loan visit for that person if they're if they're. I've wrestled a bear. You can get those case notes done. Where have we gone with this? Who's wrestling a bear? We <laughs> this is
1: right. That direction is not the direction to go in. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So. Yeah, I would, I would be, in terms of what problems to address, I'd be wanting to look at that leadership cult kind yeah. of thing, which I think is a business-based thing, which is a male-orientated, dominated model. And actually, as we can see from the figures, is dominated in social work as well. So men are dominating
0: just in a position to power. Well said, my friend. We shall end up on that one. Um, thank you very much, Matt B, for bringing your manly energy to this show. Um, Listeners, thank you ever so much for tuning in. Um, Hopefully, we've done that topic justice. If you've got any ideas, do drop us a line. Find us over at mysocialworknews.com. You can find those articles we've been discussing today over there, just searching some of the keywords we've discussed in the search bar. As always, if you leave a review, we'll read out on next week's show. Please like, please subscribe, please share, and let us know your views on the podcast. We'll be back next week with Tilly and I. Until then, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me.